Durant blows by Primo. Attack! We welcome you in to the Small Ball Podcast alongside Trevor Mikulin and our great producer, Andy, who's behind the scenes. Say hello, producer Andy. I'm Scott Ayers. Oh, Andy, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't even let you say it. Hey, Andy, say what you want to say. Say what you want to say. Hey. <laughs> oh, I feel so much better letting him speak. And most importantly... He has returned from the dead. The one, the only, Christian Dennis is back in the house. Christian, what's going on? Dude, guys, I am back. I had COVID for a little bit. Yep. Now Joe Biden has COVID. Coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. I may have. Who gave I who may, COVID? I may. Mm. I don't know. But I am back. How, how are the COVID chronicles for you? Any stories? <laughs> so this is, you know, first time being home alone um, at this house for the majority of the day. Uh, I get a knock on the door, and it's pest control. Greenway Pest Control. Hmm. And he's like, hey, man, just finished up at your neighbor's house. We'll be uh, coming to your house here pretty soon. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know Katya had something planned for us. That's uh, our landlord. Our pest control. So I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. And we start talking, um, and he's like, yeah, these are the bugs your neighbors are seeing. And then he sees our Sacramento Kings flag in, in the room. He's like, oh, you're a Kings fan. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Kings fan. He's like, I'm a jazz fan. I was like, oh, cool. That's really cool. And uh, I started telling him about small ball podcasts, and like we just started chatting. Next thing I know... My credit card is in his hand <laughs> when I paid $300 for us to get our house checked out by Greenway Pest Control. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. I've seen a couple crickets the last week, and those won't be here any, mo- any much longer. Yeah, so I ended up signing us up for a 12-month plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I canceled it the next day. So, you know. Uh, the- you had a burning $300 hole in your pocket. Yeah, so the guy who probably saw my account is like, man, this guy signed up for 12 months and canceled after one day. So, <laughs> yeah. It's good. Mission accomplished. Um, pests have been removed. Christian Dennis has returned from his COVID tro- trials and woes. Mm. And we have a full team once again. And we're continuing our tour through the U.S. of A. Um, we were recently in OKC yes. talking about the Thunder. Mm, the Midwest. The Midwest. My favorite part of the U.S. We were talking about Lou Dort. Now, we're going down south. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, what is that? Howdy, partner. Oh, (laughs) we are in Texas, and the first team we will be covering in this two-show trial that we're running in Texas are the San Antonio Spurs. Remember the Alamo. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, and remember the Alamo is right. Um, And we will first kind of cover what the end of last season looked like for the Spurs, kind of the point they're at now. And, of course, the Spurs sneaking their way into the play-in. And as a small market fan, it was kind of awesome to see because uh, the L.A. Lakers were plummeting, and the Spurs just kind of climbed their way into the play-in spot. They won the games that they need to win. And more importantly, the Lakers decided to free fall out of that top 10 standing. So, 
Um, the Spurs found themselves into the play-in, um, but that's really as far as they got. Just didn't have enough firepower um, to get beyond the play-in mark. Yeah, they rode the coattails of DeJounte Murray all year. All-star for the first time last year had a phenomenal season for, for the Spurs, uh, and it, you know, led them to the play-in, which was awesome. And they had some, you know, decent pieces, Keldon Johnson, um, give me some other guys. Devin Yaka Vassell. Pertle. Devin Vassell. Yaka Pertle. Some guys step up. Uh, and so it was a decent season for the Spurs. We'll get into uh, kind of the results of that uh, here soon, but not a ton much to add to that. Yeah, I don't really know what the Spurs were kind of expecting um, going into this year. Um, which I think kind of led to their decisions this offseason of kind of moving on from DeJounte Murray um, and just really starting that rebuild now. You know, they got some young guys uh, on their team right now. They have four 19-year-olds. So um, they're really committed to this this rebuild now. And I think it's the, the way that they should head because DeJounte Murray is great. He was an all-star, fantastic player. But he's not necessarily the cornerstone piece that they should have really kind of built the whole entire franchise around. Yeah, I agree. And and, and it does get to that point where um, in the NBA, the goal is to win championships. And you have to see, is DeJounte Murray the number one guy that we can build around to win a championship? And, and maybe that's going to be the case in, in a different organization. But I just didn't see it for the Spurs in their current timeline. Um, making the plan was great, but they had to have a lot of things fall into their hands for that to happen and on top of that we look around the west and everyone around them is consistently building it upon um last season so it just didn't really make sense for san antonio because outside DeJounte murray really it was keldon johnson who was averaged about 17 points per game everyone else though averaged under 15 points per game so it wasn't some high-powered offense with a lot of offensive weapons and talent um so it makes sense to, to part from DeJounte. So let's actually just go right into this offseason for the Spurs. We mentioned the trade, DeJounte Murray to Atlanta. They get Danilo Gallinari. Um, but more importantly, they get some first-round draft picks in return to look towards the future for the Spurs. Yeah, who they, they went on to wave Gallinari. Here's the thing. I've been looking at what the Spurs have been doing for the past couple seasons and just finding myself asking, like, what are they doing? Like, they've been mediocre Popovich is still the head coach and they just find themselves playing maybe eight seed uh, and just in the middle pack of the NBA and the the NBA rewards teams that obviously are, are at the top contenders and bottom tier teams because they, you know, the benefit of that is getting high picks in the lottery. If you're in the middle, that's like the worst place to be in the NBA and the Spurs have been there for so long. And so it's been frustrating. I'm sure for Spurs fans, the last couple of seasons, just being mediocre, the plan's awesome. I love it as an NBA fan, but if, if you find your team there year after year after year, um, something's got to change. And they did that. They took the step of trading DeJounte Murray. And I think that was a good step. Was that uh, a good enough haul for him? I honestly question that they got, you know, some draft capital, but for DeJounte Murray, a guy who's 25 years old, who led his team to the play and alongside, you know, not the best cast. And he in the West too, above the Lakers, as you mentioned, sure, they're battling health. But DeJounte had such a great season and is a promising player. And I just question if they got enough for him from Atlanta. 
Well, and, and what's interesting, too, in that trade, it's now back-to-back seasons where the Spurs trade their best player. They In a sign-and-trade with Chicago, they trade DeMar DeRozan. Thong season, it's DeJounte Murray. So um, you, you're completely right about kind of this middle ground that the Spurs were in. And, um, you know, they increased their win total by one every single year since 2019-2020 season. They go from 32 to 33 to 34. Wow. Uh, that's not the growth you want or you need in order to truly succeed in the NBA. So it makes sense to really start to hit that restart button for the Spurs. Yeah, definitely. I kind of view the Spurs right now as like a tribe or a country who is just getting all these pieces. Like you got your welder, you got your, <laughs> you got your. Where are you going, bro? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I got a point. You got, a, I got a point to this. You got a welder. You got someone that that hunts for the tribe. Someone who. Um, Makes clothes. You know, you're just building all these, like, <laughs> the, the two <laughs> most important pieces of a tribe, the welder and the clothes maker. <laughs> Anyways, but they're just, like, building um, a lot of role players together, and they're waiting for their king to come. They're waiting for their number one person to come, and that's the person that could be coming in this draft. But as you guys are you know, deep into the Game of Thrones. Is there a country, a tribe? I don't even know what that, wow. that kind of wow. is similar to the Spurs, where they're just waiting for that king to kind of take them to the next level. That's you. Yeah, I, I would say it really, really reminds me of Daenerys Targaryen. What? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mother of dragons. The mother of dragons. And maybe the Spurs are looking for their mother of dragons. It'd be a father of dragons. Um, but it, listen, they started with nothing. AKA right now, they don't have anything. They have and nothing. Yeah, this is actually they have really Keldon. good. They have Keldon Johnson. <laughs> they have Keldon Johnson, who Jeremy is... Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, and those are, those are the guys who, who make clothes and are welders. But, <laughs> but they're, they're hoping to have something more powerful here soon. So I would say Daenerys, because three dragons, yeah. maybe the Spurs, they just need a couple dragons. The next thing you know, they're That's on the beautiful. Iron Throne. That right there is an Instagram reel. I'll just say that, Andy. <laughs> That's really good. Um, okay, before we move on into off-season moves and stuff like that, I do want to talk about Greg Popovich and his status, where he is. He's going to be 74 years old going into next season. Uh, and there's players that are 55 years younger than him on his team. And what we've seen successful in the NBA is kind of that older brother, cool uncle coach that comes in and is like a, a player's coach mm. recently. That's been very successful in the NBA. And for Greg, I, I just don't see, and this is super tough because obviously he's a legend, uh, arguably the greatest coach of all time in the NBA. But here's my take. I think it's time for him to move on. I think that they need to either one, have that conversation with him like, hey, this is going to be your farewell tour. Um, and, and if he agrees to that, awesome. Let's let's go into the season with that mindset. Uh, if he doesn't agree to that, then it gets dirty. It gets a little feisty and maybe it would suck, but maybe you have to just fire him. Because I, I do not think going into, you know, a couple more years of a rebuild, being in the middle too, he's too good of a coach to, to do that. The San Antonio is not an attractive destination for him as a coach. Um, I just feel like players want to play with guys that they can relate to, and I think Pop's time is is done in the NBA. 
I mean, I could see where that where you're coming from there, but with with Pop, I feel like, and where the Spurs are at now is they don't need that coach yet to take them to the level. Like, just you know, lose with Pop and let Pop just kind of mentor them and give them wisdom. I mean, you have guys on his coaching staff like Tim Duncan, who guys would be you know respected, respecting, and kind of you know learning more about the game of basketball through him as well. And if anything, if they do go that route of not having him be the head coach, maybe look at a different spot in the organization. Like a front office position. Yeah, front office position that, you know, is kind of still dealing with the coaching a little bit, you know, just almost in a sense being a mentor for whoever's the next head coach because he's just so smart. He doesn't have a lot going on outside of basketball to where, you know, he he's going to want to leave the game completely. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's, you know, it's just living with himself right now. I think his wife passed away a couple of years ago. So yeah. I don't know. Keep him in the organization and just let yeah. him just kind of yeah. put his hand in, in, in the mix. Not to, not to beat a dead horse, but I would say I, I wouldn't want him around or have any, like, like you said, mentorship over a head coach. Cause Pops the guy where it's his way or the highway. And so if, if a coach disagrees with him, there's going to be some tension building. I would put him in a front office position. I don't know what that looks like if, if, the, if he's going to stay within the organization. My thoughts on this, one of the hardest things to have in the NBA is stability at the head coaching position. Uh, so many different teams, it feels like it's a coaching carousel year after year after year, or maybe not year after year, but every couple of years. Oh, it's a new coach. Oh, it's a new coach. And you can't have stability in that regard. Um, he's had a couple assistants leave, Becky Hammond, and now uh, Chip Engelin, who I hope I said that last name correctly, just recently went to OKC. Um those are two people that were mentioned to maybe move into that head coaching role. You start to lose those assistant coaches. Um, now it, it becomes a little bit harder if, if Pop does kind of leave. And so my thought is maybe he coaches another year or two years, and then he's mentioned in the past that he's thought about retiring. Um, that's what I think would make the most sense for San Antonio. I don't think they'd obviously part ways at this point. We're so deep into the offseason now that this would just be too late of a move. Um, but I, I think that you give him another year, two years, um, before maybe putting any pressure in terms of, hey, it, you got to leave. Just because, yes, you can find some awesome head coaching guys or guys who are primed to be the next head coach. You can find a lot of turds as well. And so that's a hard thing in a rebuild. You know what pop brings when you bring in a new guy. There's, it's kind of a coin flip in terms of, oh, yeah, he's going to do great or uh, I'm not so sure. So, But um, moving from that, let's just talk about uh, the, the Spurs draft that uh, we saw in the NBA draft. Three first-round picks um, and – you mentioned Jeremy Sohan being one of those picks, and hopefully, you know, he can find his his way into a starting role early on for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I think that he's definitely a possibility there at the four. They really don't have any. I mean, is Doug McDermott going to start for them? So that they have a spot there at the four that if he really wants it and if he performs well in training camp, it could be there for him. Uh, and so Jeremy Sohan, they drafted Malachi 
Branham, which we're going to have Andy give his take on that, Blake Wesley. So um, some interesting prospects. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do, um, you know, this next season. Why are you laughing? I'm just what, – what role did we give Andy last show? Um, it was Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson. Yeah, yeah. J.R. Smith the episode J.R. Smith, you've always got the green light. <laughs> Andy, you've got the green light once again. <laughs> Give us a little lowdown on Malachi Brandon. What what should Spurs fans af- expect from him? Well, everything is going to be great from him. He's going to be he's going to fit right into the culture. Uh, he's going to be walking around the Riverwalk, just being like, yeah, um, you know, I'm a local San Antonian. Uh, I love it here. He, he, he just fits right in. He's gonna he's gonna do everything Pop tells him to do. He's just going to be that guy. He's a sponge. Oh yeah. I love that. Andy, <laughs> Andy, Andy that. is the sponge of this show. You are Stefan Marbury this episode. Flashy and gets buckets. Bucket getter. <laughs> Andy, Andy feels more like an Aaron Aflalo. Whoa, disrespect. What, Aflalo's awesome? No, he's not. Aaron Aflalo. I mean, compared to Stefan Marbury, he is not. Yeah, Stefan Marbury's Stephon Marbury is like Michael Jordan in, in China. Yeah. Like, they have a statue of him. Like, uh-huh. he is a god. That's what Aflalo is for Denver fans. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Um, but, yeah, well, hopefully he can be that sponge for the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Think good transition. Let me just. <laughs> Let me just add into the draft talk. Uh, I honestly, as a as a person that likes to keep up with the Spurs, I would have liked to see them tank last year, because, like I said earlier, again, this is going to be a theme with them. I'm disappointed in their inability to go either contend, which very few teams do, and when you can't do that as a small market and you have Pop as your head coach and you're not reeling in free agents, you have to tank or at least be bad enough. You don't have to lose on purpose. I know you're, you're a big culture guy, and I know that's coming from you. But you have to be at the bottom of the league to get a high draft pick. I would have loved to see them have a roster that really Popovich could not win with, and for them to have gotten a top-four pick and have one of those top prospects on their roster this year. But we're sitting here talking about Jeremy Sohan trying to get excited as a Spurs <laughs> fan for a tanking season. I would have so much rather seen a top-four guy and for them to tank for Victor Wenemyamba. I can't say his name yet. We're going to get there, though. But you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I'm, I'm happy that they've finally done it, but my goodness, it took too long. I feel like the, smir- the, Spurs, the Smurfs. The Smurfs. The Smurfs. The Smurfs. The Spurs are just a smart organization where they're like, we can tank now or we can tank next year and get this 7-5 guy who could do it all. I feel like the Spurs. What was are, the benefit are, of not taking next last year? I mean, they just. I mean, yeah, they got Jeremy Sohan. Whatever. They're all I'm saying is that they went and they tried to capitalize on Dejounte Murray. They they didn't necessarily know exactly what they had, and I think that's what this year was. Is they're just play it out. Let's see what happens. Obviously, it wasn't very great. So then they're like, all right, let's move Dejounte Murray and let's tank for one of the best prospects since LeBron James. So I, I don't know. That's what that's how I view what the Spurs are doing. Yeah, I was disappointed in what they did last year and the year before. But like this is like the best time to tank because this upcoming draft class is supposedly going to be one of the best draft class in recent histories. Yeah, and I don't know if there's going to be a team worse than the Spurs this year. So they are tanking at the right time, but they missed out on an opportunity to tank last season. 
Um, just my talk, my thought on that. Go ahead, Andy. No, I completely agree. They should have tanked and drafted Malachi earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stefan Marbury. He is red hot, and that's why producer Andy always that was fire has a green light. So let's, you know, there wasn't a lot of big acquisitions for the Spurs in the off season. Um, they did get. This was a big acquisition from the University of Nebraska. Ooh. Former Husker. Isaiah Roby. All right, Scott, give us the rundown on Roby. Isaiah what, what, Roby. what can Spurs fans the, expect? The bit among Husker fans is when he finds out how good he is, man, he is going to be good. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's kind of followed him into the NBA. He had a couple games with OKC where it was like, Oh my gosh, this guy is really promising, can jump out of the gym, um, can be really solid on the glass, hasn't really ever developed a great outside shot though. So um, in terms of a tank team, he is the perfect starting center slash power forward. Now with Pirtle there, he's not going to start at, at, at the center position. But he's, he's a fun athletic big who, um, as a Husker fan, I'm going to love, and I'm going to cheer for him every single game. So the Spurs picked up a you know a temporary fan by getting Roby. It's funny that you say he never developed a jump shot, and like the Spurs had the shot doctor in Chip England. Yeah, they yes. did. Yes, they, they did. Then he went to OKC, yes. and they literally they switched. switched. So the guy that could save Isaiah Roby's <laughs> career and give him a jump shot is on the team he used to be on. He used to play for. He's gone. So unfortunate. Yeah, but so that, I mean... Other than that, there really wasn't any other big things other than Keldon Johnson um, getting a contract extension. So with the, the really limited offseason for the Spurs, we move into what can we expect from the Spurs this year. Um, and truthfully, we kind of hinted at it. There's a chance they were going to be the worst team in the NBA this year. Yeah, we should probably go at it from the perspective of are there going to be any teams worse than them? Can anyone think of a team? I can't. Um, <laughs> um, maybe Houston. I think maybe Houston could be worse than them. Uh, I, I, th other than that, though, which is ironic because our next episode we will be covering the Houston Rockets, so we'll get into that a bit more. It's either San Antonio or Houston, um, a space race for that number one pick. You like that? I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I'll yeah. use that in the next show as well. Oh, sick, <laughs> sick. Yeah, I mean, Houston is is probably the their main competitor for the worst team in the league because um, I, I think OKC is going to take a little bit of a jump um, to where they're not necessarily tanking as badly as they are. But, I mean, in terms of the East, I don't see – I mean, Orlando was the worst team in the East last year, and they made a, a huge impact. In, yeah getting Palo this year. So, yeah, the Spurs should be the worst team in the NBA, and that should be their goal. I agree. It's finally happening. They're actually tanking. Spurs fans should be cheering from their Texas homes. They, for, for sure. they should be. Or, you know, there's Spurs fans elsewhere. Maybe it's their Canadian homes. Yeah. Maybe it's their Florida homes. No, but most of them are in the saloon. <laughs> It's just a Texas. <laughs> We're at the rodeo at the bull riding. <laughs> their li their team is literally the Spurs. I like the Spurs. I love the dynasty. We have their highlights playing here, but 
Why are you guys saying that's offensive? <laughs> they don't find offense to it, San Antonio. Are you I love saying it. all Texans are alcoholics? <laughs> Shut your mouth, dude. Because <laughs> they're just at the saloon. Hey, can we do like a 10-minute segment on Lonnie Walker leaving? Yeah, we can talk about Lonnie Walker. <laughs> no, I'm playing. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Remember his photo with his draft night with the hair and, and like his hat didn't are fit? We, Andy, are we cutting this please part? Remember, no. Okay. No. Andy, please remember, can you put the photo of Lonnie Walker with his hat? Halfway, you know what I'm talking about draft night. Yeah, that's gonna be right here, and you can wrap up the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and really briefly, here's what kind of is returning to the Spurs um, for next season. Keldon Johnson, uh, he's the leading scorer of all guys that are still on the roster. 17 points per game. Jakob Pearl at 13 and a half, and Devin Vassell 12.3. Um, other than that, Doug McDermott's going to be your number four guy um, from last year. No, yeah, they have a spot. They have a spot in the plan. They <laughs> <laughs> under under pop anything is anything's possible. Anything's possible. Well, for producer Andy, <laughs> our good friend Trevor Mikulin, who is in the saloon, and, of course, Christian Dennis, I'm Scott Ayers. We say so long for now, and we will see you next episode. Jeremy, so long.